Amen. Now, if you've missed out on a lot of the of the series, you can always catch up on our podcast. And our podcast link is on our website, which is www.activatechurch.co.uk forward slash podcast. And we are on all podcast platforms. When you get there, you'll be given the choice to subscribe to your favorite podcast listening app. It could be Apple Podcast, it could be Google Podcast, it could be Pocket Cast, it could be Spotify, and there are many others. I think we're about on eight or nine podcast platforms. So choose the one that is best suited to your needs and catch up on the previous um, episodes. Then my wife has been running an awesome series every Sunday, mind-blowing series every Sunday about the Christian culture. Oh God, you need to listen to her. So if you've been missing out every Sunday, you can also catch up on the podcast. So we are starting today. We are in chapter two, like I said earlier, verse, verse 14 to 15. The Bible says in verse 14, for he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the covenant contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man hallelujah <laughs> so as to create in himself one new man from the two thoughts making peace that's awesome so we're going to break these two verses um little by little as we carry on so the first thing i wanted to know that is the pronoun he and himself that is referring to our lord jesus christ so our lord jesus christ is our peace you know when isaiah prophesied about the birth of christ he called them the prince of peace i will not go into what the word peace means today because if i do that that will be the only thing we're going to talk about but peace means a lot of things you know Peace also talks about prosperity. It talks about quietness, rest. It talks about security, harmony, safety, and tranquility, and, and many other things. Actually, I love um, Ephesians chapter, sorry, Philippians chapter four, verse seven, when Paul was admonishing the church in Philippi, and he told them, "Hey, don't be anxious over anything. Don't be worried. Don't be perturbed." And he said something in verse seven. Say, "Hey." that when you guard your mind, guard your heart, and you think on good thoughts, he said that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard, I think Amplify said, will mount garrison on your heart. And I love that scripture. So Jesus is our peace. And Jesus, being the Prince of Peace, brought lasting peace. Firstly, 
between us and God. Remember, we are his enemies. And a lot of scriptures have already talked about that. Romans chapter 5 talked about that. Um, and so on. Even Romans chapter 8, there was some you know, reference to that there. Secondly, he also brought peace between the Jews and the Gentiles. You might ask, who are the Gentiles? Everyone on earth that is not born a Jew. Anyone on earth whose father is not a Jew is a Gentile. So, Christ brought peace between the Jews and the Gentiles. And he made the Jews and the Gentiles one. And what was the next thing he did? The Bible says that he broke or brought down the wall of partition. He said, has broken down the middle wall of partition. That is King James. New King James, where I'm reading from, says, has broken down the middle wall of separation. Separation between the Jews and the Gentiles. Now, you know that God started his walk towards salvation when he called the man Abraham, who is the father of the Jews. And God had a covenant with them, which we also refer to as the Old Covenant. And God dealt with them for a couple of thousands of years until the set time for Jesus to come and carry out everything he did here on earth in the space of 33 and a half years to break down this middle wall of partition. And he said he did this having abolished the in his flesh the enmity that is he mentioned two things he said the two things we're going to focus on today if them permits now listen carefully the first he said is the law of commandments the second he said contained in ordinances so two things the law of commandments and the ordinances so these were the two things that formed that wall between us, the Gentiles, and the Jews. So you could you could put it this way. Now, if you see any wall being being built or built, or even in your house, that's the external walls, especially not the dry walls in 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 inside your house. Most dry walls inside the house in developed countries are usually wood, but the externals are made of brick. If you're in the UK or 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 you know blocks now those blocks we are made of two primary components sand and mortar mortar which we call cement sand and cement so you could say that the law is like the sand the ordinance is like the cement when mixed together you form blocks that you can use to build the wall do you guys understand? So this wall was built, was erected from two components. The law of the commandments and ordinances. So what is, what, what, what is this law of commandments that caused this separation between us and the Jews? It is not the moral law because the moral law is still in force till today. 
even when Jesus is going to reign for a thousand years, the moral law is still in force. Now, a sample of the moral law is the Ten Commandments. That is like a sample of the moral law. So, the law that caused this separation is the ritualistic laws. The ritualistic laws. So these are the laws that has been put away, that has been removed in Christ. Then the second thing, I mean, uh, we've talked about the law so much. I think in January, we had one of my friends, you know, Pastor Unadike come over and he did a beautiful job on that. You can also catch up with that on our podcast, you know. So I'm not going to talk about it today. What I want to talk about today are the ordinances. Now, the, the word ordinance that is the word dogma there's the word translated from the greek is either the greek word is dogma which is also um, the the english also adopted that word as well you know so dogma is greek you also have dogma in english so that word translated ordinance is the word in greek called dogma so what is dogma so dogma is like decrees doctrines rules regulations and basically the requirements of the law of Moses. So you could say that ordinances are like any form, are the forms or the ways of living and worship, you know. So everyone has their own way of living. Everybody has their own way of worship. Everyone has their own way through which they contact God. So we really need to be careful not to make our way of living and worship and ordinance and at the same time we should not also regard what other people have made an ordinance because ordinances you know create enmity ordinances cause divisions you know between people so because of that it must be dealt with seriously because these ordinances at times also cause religious jealousy and it is a terrible thing now we're going to look at the jewish ordinances now there are a lot of them but there are three basic ones i want to talk to you about today the first is the keeping of the sabbath <laughs> keeping of the sabbath you know um growing up <laughs> Uh, in my house then when we were, we were quite little um, my dad prohibited making purchases on Sundays you cannot buy anything on Sunday in his house if you try it you're going to get into a lot of trouble in our kids then in Nigeria after service this guys that sell ice cream usually pack in front of churches on sunday to sell ice cream and you see other kids you know other parents buy ice cream for their kids and they have so much fun those days there should be these walls vanilla ice cream you know or the small you know walls vanilla ice cream there's to be in a small small bowl and you see all these kids having so much fun after Sunday. And imagine the church we used to attend then is a church that you 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 get to church by seven, 
<laughs> because my parents, I think, they teach Sunday school and all that. You get to church by seven, and we are in church till like three in the afternoon. So you can imagine the hunger. Everybody's tired, you're hungry, and you see, and it's always hot. In Nigeria, it's always hot. I see other kids having so much fun, licking ice cream and all that, but you cannot buy anything on Sunday. Oh, it used to pain us. <laughs> but that was what that was the rule in our house at that time. Why my daddy was trying to keep the Sabbath law that you should not do any work on Sunday, you should not do anything on Sunday. Now, Sabbath, Sabbath, if truly you want to keep that law or that ordinance rather, Sabbath is not, is not Sunday, it's not on a Sunday. Sabbath is actually Saturday. So, by me saying that you should not buy anything on Sunday, you actually, you, 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 that means you misunderstood the right day for sabbath because the right day for sabbath is saturday sabbath means saturday sunday for the jews is the first day of work not saturday is the first day of the week so they work on sunday but they do nothing on saturday so keeping the sabbath should have been if you really want to keep the ordinance it should be done by anything on saturday not on sunday so that is the first place he missed it but as my daddy grew in the faith and all that, he now he understood that ordinance and also understood that that ordinance has been taken away. Has been taken away by Jesus Christ. So we by then we were already old and all that. So buying things on Sunday was not as you know heart or not buying things on Sunday was not as heart wrenching as it was when we were kids. But I'm glad that my daddy. You know, got to a place in his faith that he understood that uh, that ordinance has been taken away by our Lord Jesus Christ. Even Jesus, while he was alive, debunked that Sabbath ordinance. And when you read John chapter 7, when you read from verse 22, John chapter 7, from verse 22 he was speaking to the pharisees you know the teachers of the law and all that the scribes and all that he said to them moses therefore gave you circumcision not that it is from moses so he was pointing to them that this ordinance of circumcision did not even come from moses he said he came from the fathers and of course you know circumcision was first practiced by abraham before the law. And I, he just continued to say, I say, you circumcise the man on Sabbath. That means, because the law is, when you have a male child, that male child must be circumcised on the eighth day. And if that eighth day falls on Sabbath, you must still circumcise that child. And this is what Jesus was saying. He says, see, that if the day of circumcision for that male child falls on a Sabbath, you still go ahead and do it, ignoring the Sabbath law that you should not do work on Sabbath. 
said, but you do that. He now said to them, so that the law of Moses should not be broken. He now said, are you now angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Now, which man was he talking about? He has to go back to John chapter 5, where he went to, he went to uh, the pool of Bethsaida. You remember that man that has been crippled for 38 years and he told the man to take his bed and work. So that is, that was the man that they were berating him. Why did he heal the man on the Sabbath? So he was saying, but you're angry with me that I made a man completely whole on the Sabbath. He said, do, he not told them, do not judge in accordance with appearance, but rather judge with righteous judgment. So Jesus, while he was alive, he even broke the Sabbath. <laughs> As proof that these ordinances that is creating this wall of partition and separation must come down. Now the second um, major ordinance I want to speak to you about is the dietary regulations. You know, God also gave them a long list of what to eat <laughs> what not to eat. Peter, the first pope, the apostle that Jesus handed over to, broke this ordinance. He did. Though he did it a bit, you know, when I say under duress, if you permit me to use that word. Now, you remember the story of the Roman centurion Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Before God could get Peter to go and preach the gospel to that Roman centurion. Remember, he was a Roman. That means he was a Gentile. Before God could get Peter to go and preach to that man, he had to show Peter a vision three times. So what was that vision? When you read from verse 11 to verse 16, you know, he was praying and he saw in a vision a big cloth being lowered from the ceiling into the room where he was and in the cloth contained all the creatures <laughs> in accordance to the, ordi uh, the ordinance of the law that Jews are not supposed to eat. <laughs> and they call all those creatures unclean animals or unclean birds. And Peter heard a voice from heaven saying to him, kill and eat. And Peter was like, Peter was, oh, come on, was a Jew of Jews. He said, no, Lord. No, that I've never in my whole life eaten anything unclean. Why are you asking me to kill and eat? And the Bible says that this happened like three times, three times, just to convince Peter to go and preach to Colonies. Three times. But what happened eventually? He eventually obeyed the Holy Spirit. He went and preached to Cornelius and Cornelius and his household even before <laughs> receiving Christ literally started speaking in tongues that is an awesome testimony so that ordinance was also you know uh, debunked by that experience Peter had now the third ordinance is ordinance of circumcision this is one that is really really strong you know <laughs> and Paul time will fail me to crisscross you know take you on the journey as we crisscross the new testament to see places paul debunked circumcision paul did i mean he carried out <laughs> will i say an onslaught 
on circumcision. You know, some examples you find in Romans chapter 2, verse 29, you know, where he said, But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, not of the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So he debunked the cutting off of the flesh as righteousness before God. He said the circumcision that matters is the circumcision of the heart. He said it is cutting off the foreskin of your heart that matters. He also talked about it in Philippians chapter 3 verse 3. You know, he says when you worship God in spirit and rejoice in Jesus Christ, he said that is the real circumcision. So these ordinances, every ordinance forms, builds, erects that wall, that wall of partition. But today, the partition wall is not really these three ordinances I spoke about. What has happened is that in the body of Christ today, the Gentiles now have erected walls of partition amongst themselves, separating themselves from other members of the body of Christ. And this is where I want to focus on today. This is where I want to focus on today. So what are the ordinances? I'll call them present day ordinances that we have erected, that he's separating us. Remember, we are the body of Christ. That is why um, I say when I, I try to correct even myself from calling denominations churches. Because we have one church, the Universal Church of Christ, where Jews, Gentiles, black, white, Asian, whatever, race, color, tribe, culture, language you belong to. Once you believe in Jesus Christ, you become part of that body. Become part of that body. But in the modern day church, the body of Christ, we have erected this middle wall of partition, this middle of wall separation. And I'm going to give you some examples of this middle wall of separation that we have erected. And there are many of them. There are many of them. But I just listed out some I think we should look at. Number one is that women must cover their hair, must tie a scarf. Now, if you don't tie a scarf, you are truly not saved. In fact, I have come to a church. And at the entrance to the church, at the gate, into the compound where the church is, there is a big notice at the gate there. A long list of items that if you have on and you're a woman, you should not please cross the gates. This is even before you get into the church. <laughs> so they say if you, if you have, if any of these things on their list, you have them on, don't even enter the outer courts. Talk less of entering the church. That is the church building. 
And then you see, if your hair is not covered, please don't come in. If you are wearing makeup, please don't come in. If you are wearing jewelry, please don't come in. And it went on and on. If your whatever you are wearing doesn't cross all the way down, extends beyond your knee and all that, please don't come in. And on that list, everything written there, you are speaking to the women. There was nothing there to the man. It's women they are concerned about. <laughs> that notice is already causing division. That notice is a wall of partition. That notice is bringing separation. In fact, it is just what, like what Jesus told the, the, the Pharisees. He says, see, you guys are whitewashed tombs. You know, that you guys are evil. Say, woe to you that you stand at the door to salvation. You stand at the door. You're not even in. But you're outside stopping those that want to come in from coming in. That's exactly what that notice on that wall is doing. So we look at head covering. Is head covering, I'm going to be very fast because um, I want to just, I'll just highlight them. If you have questions, drop them in the chat. Remember, that's why you're on Zoom. I won't have time to read everything from that chapter. So I'll also ask you to please read it on your own. But there's something Paul talked about I want to just mention. He said that with the divine order that Christ is the head of Okay, let me read it verbatim. Verse 1 says, verse 2 says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is the man. The head of Christ is God. The every word you see the head there is not talking about this physical head. No. He's talking about um covering. Covering. And it went on and on. Time will fail me to go deep in it. But I just want to show you the summary. When Paul ended this, see the things he said as he ended. But he said, but if a woman has long hair, hair, hair. Sorry, I don't have hair. So I can't even pull my hair as an example. <laughs> but if a woman has long hair, he said it is a glory to her for her hair her hair is given to her for a covering but if anyone seems to be contentious this is the verse I want us to look at verse 16 if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such customs, nor do the churches of God. He said, for the church of God in this New Testament, there is no such custom of either your hair being the covering to your physical head or your hair or your scarf 
being a covering to your spiritual head, whatever way you want to interpret it, whatever doctrine you want to make of it, that's why I don't want to go take you step by step. If I take step by step, I'm going to take so much time. No matter what doctrine you have about tying scarf or not tying scarf, leaving your hair open or not leaving your hair open, Paul has just summarized it with one verse. He said, whatever it is, he said, it should not be contentious. In other words, there should not be any doctrine from that. There should not be any ordinance from that. Why? In the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, we do not have such custom. In those days, we say Q-E-D, meaning quite easily done, meaning this should end every controversy. What does that mean? If there is a sect, a denomination that says tie your hair, Cover it, cover your ears. We should not berate them. We should not say, why? Why are you teaching wrong thing? Why are people tying your, your hair? It should not. It is wrong. No, we should not berate them. We should leave them. We should accept them. As our brother, as our sister, we should not segregate. There should not be any wall of partition. Between us, like in Hegel, we say we should not give them the left hand of fellowship. We should not. Then there's a sect that says, Leave your hair open, it doesn't matter. We should leave them with their ordinance. We should not berate them. This is what Paul is saying. And this is exactly what that place in Ephesians is talking about. Christ has come. To break down every wall of partition. Every wall that separates us. And he said this wall was erected by the law, the ritualistic law, and ordinances. They have all gone. That's what Paul said here. We have no such custom. We don't. Do you know why? God does not look at your external countenance. God looks at your heart. That is whether you circumcise your foreskin now or not. That is external. What God looks at now is your heart. You find that scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. God looks at the heart, not your external countenance now we also look at makeup we look at jewelry should women make up or not make up should women wear jewelry or not wear jewelry and they will go and quote first timothy chapter 2 verse 9 and verse 10 where where, where paul was writing to timothy and said in like manner also women adorn themselves in modest apparel the key word in that verse 
is modest. What was Paul talking about there? He was talking about modesty in everything. Modesty. He said, modest apparel with propriety and moderation. So do everything modestly and do everything with propriety. And they will say that Paul listed there that they should not wear gold or wear expensive clothes. And I say, but you're jumping something. There's something you're jumping. When you read that place in first in first Timothy, verse 9 and verse 10, in verse 10, he said, not with braided hair. So why would you skip braided hair? and point finger at gold and at expensive clothing. That also means you should not braid your hair. So why do you choose the one to take and choose the one not to take? So that tells all these things are man's doctrine. What Paul was speaking about there exclusively is modesty in everything. Don't go and go and clog yourself with gold from your head to your toe. You wear 10 gold earrings, one, 10 here, 10 nose rings, 10 um, tongue rings, gold everywhere, 10 bangles, 100 bangles, and all that. Just be modest. That is exactly what he was speaking about. Be modest. Be modest. Be modest. When you read the scriptures and read the Bible, all the men of women of faith, they all were jewelry. They all made up. Like I said, time will fail me to go deep into that. So forgive me. If you have questions, ask, then I can go deeper. So God is speaking about modesty. Now, the one I want to talk about that is also controversial, and a doctrine has been made of it is. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5, where the law or the ordinance was given that wearing garments of the opposite sex. The Bible says a woman should not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. He said, for all who do so, are an abomination excuse me to the lord your god excuse me so when a woman puts on garments that belong to a man or a man puts on garments that belong to a woman it's an abomination to god now that verse have also been grossly misunderstood they say, ah, oh, women, women should not wear trousers. Oh, women should not wear trousers. Oh, the trouser is the garment for a man. And all of this depends on culture. There are cultures where wearing trousers is actually the woman's garment. But when we come down to Africa, you see, the African preacher saying women should not wear trousers. The men should not wear skirts. 
the culture of Africans is that both men and women don't wear trousers. Both men and women wear long flowing robes, which we call wrapper. If you tie it in your chest, women do that. Men might tie it around their waist or tie such a way that it will have a sling from one shoulder. Wearing trousers is not the culture of African men. But how come the people preaching this message allows men or allow men to wear trousers? That is wrong. If truly, this is what the scripture is talking about. This is not what God was talking about. What was God talking about from this verse? Listen carefully. This verse makes more sense in the days we are living in right now than it did 50 years ago, than it did 100 years ago. It makes sense right now. I'm going to show you why. What was God talking about? God was saying to both men and women that do not dress, like you're a man, don't dress in such a way that when people see you, they will wonder which gender you are. That is the message from that verse. See the women, women don't dress in a way in your society that when 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 people see you, they'll wonder if what gender you are. Go to Scotland. The men there wear kilt, which is like a skirt. In Scotland, when a man wears his, a kilt, they know that hey, this is a man. There is no confusion whether he's a woman, because that is their culture. So a man wearing kilt is dressed as a man but if i come today and i wear um a gown right and i start making up i'll put lipstick put eyelashes put everything wear a, a female wig and you see me you have to look twice again to see to, to ask yourself is this a man or a woman that's exactly what jesus is talking about that's exactly what that scripture is talking about that is the law Trying to change your gender by what you dress with. That is what is an abomination to God. Not don't wear trousers or don't wear this. No. When you're, you are trying to change your gender, this is exactly what God was talking about here. And I'm going to share, show you some script, some, some pictures. Now look at this picture. Yes, if he is called cross dressing. It's called cross cross dressing. That's why I said it is we understand it now in the days we live in. That's exactly what that, that scripture is talking about. Now look at this guy. You can see he's a man. The picture on the left. He's a man. But when he cross dresses, this is what the Americans call drag queens. You need to look well again to say to wonder, ah, is this who is this? Ah, is he a man or a woman? This is exactly what God was talking about in Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. He's not saying that women should not wear trousers. No, this that's not what the Bible is teaching. This is exactly what he's talking about. Oh, there's a question in the chat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We're going to come to that. Let me just blow through this 
the teaching today will come to that question. That's a lovely question. <laughs> so this is what, this is what that scripture is talking about. This is what that scripture is talking about. So women can wear trousers. So far, your dressing does not make you look like a man. If it doesn't make you look like a man, then you're okay. What God is, is what's an abomination to God is when a man wants to be a woman. Now, listen carefully. This has been taken a notch further now in the day we are living. Like I said, uh, the time we are living in, we truly understand the scripture well. What is happening now? People are now reassigning their gender. You see, men taking hormones, female hormones, to grow boobs, to to make their voice lighter, to that going through all sorts of procedures to stop growing hair so they can appear more like a woman. They call it gender reassignment surgery and all those things. That is taking this, this verse to the and to a next level. Why? Knowledge have increased to a point where cross-dressing now is not enough. You can now carry out surgery. Carry out surgery. Carry out surgery. Yes, is rapper. I was using your question, Chichi. Is rapper? Rapper is our is our is our is our dressing for a man. Is rapper? Is rapper for a man for Africans? That is our dressing. Is rapper? Rapper. We need to tie rapper. That's our, that's our dressing. Women also is rapper. So both men and women in Africa all tied rapper. That is our dressing. But I've debunked that to tell you that it's not even just what that what God is talking about here is not just wearing tying rapper or wearing trousers. No, 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 no. Is making your gen making yourself appear like the opposite gender. That when people see you, they cannot tell which gender you are. Or when they see you, they think you're a gender that you are not. That is the abomination that God is talking about here. That's exactly what that scripture is talking about. It is appearing as the opposite gender that confuses people. You know? Should I read the scripture? Should I read the scripture? Uh, I don't have time. Oh, there's no time. We're already out of time. But please, go home. Go home. Read Mark chapter 7 from verse 6. Write it down. Remember, this is Bible surfing. I hope you came with your notepads and pen. Write it down. Mark chapter 6, chapter 7 from verse 6 to verse 22. Read it. Also read it in the New Living Translation to open up some words for you. You have an understanding of exactly what, what the Bible meant then. So let me just hurry through. I'm out of time. So there are other, other things in the modern day church that is causing partition, separation amongst ourselves. There's some, there's some denomination they say, ah, don't clap hands when you're singing. Ah, don't clap hands. That just, as you're singing, just stand. Don't dance. Hey, don't dance, don't dance. That when you dance, hey, that um, you're, you're not a Christian. Oh, don't shout and make noise. That when you're in church, you talk quietly. You just whisper. You say your prayer quietly. 
Oh, God. Because you have to be holy and sanctimonious. That those churches you go to and they dance and they sing and they have exuberant worship that they don't know anything about God. They are not serving God. All those things are ordinances that are causing separation in the body of Christ. <laughs> and this reminds me of what happened. This reminds me of what happened between King David and his wife. David was bringing... Okay, there's a question. Mark chapter 7, Mark chapter 7 from verse 6. From verse 6 to verse 22. Mark 7 from verse 6 to verse 22. David was excited that the ark of God was coming back. Coming back to Israel. And he was dancing. And the Bible records that every six steps they took, they would offer a bull. And he was dancing. He was excited. They got close. <laughs> they got to the city and got close to the palace ground. And Micah, the one that David really loved, the wife he really loved, saw King David dancing, you know, <laughs> exuberantly, just like this young man was dancing in church. And the Bible says that Micah despised, excuse me, the husband in her heart. I was like, can't you see all these maidens? They're looking at you. You're embarrassing, they're, they're, you're embarrassing, you know, me, you're embarrassing the throne. Do you know who you are? You're a king. You should have, you know, decorum. There's a way you should carry yourself. You should not just be dancing like that. Forgetting he was dancing in God's presence. And it's on record that Michael was the only woman that appeared in the Bible barren and died barren. So when we do all of these things, Oh, I remember also growing up then, the early days, in the early 80s, late 70s, the church we belonged to, it was hands, or clap, because we didn't believe in buying instruments. If you ask my brothers and my sisters, my brother and my sister, I was highly skilled in clapping. Hey, then, I can't do it now. Then I used to clap, eh? you will hear my hand clap from a mile away. We used to have all different styles of clapping. Why? We didn't believe we should have instruments. But that changed. A few years down the line, <laughs> we got light in that denomination, particular denomination. And in that denomination now, they have instruments, all kinds of instruments. Then there's another denomination that they believe in instruments. They said, okay, after a while, they said, okay, we'll get this remember, it only has to be classical music. Only classical music, only violin, no drum, no keyboard. Some, 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 denomination, is, some denomination is only organ. Only organ, you cannot play anything else. That those playing instruments, is clubbing that they are doing, is not church. All these are ordinances. For some, they say, ha, ah, you don't baptize, you know, when you go to baptism, you don't baptize people backwards. You need to baptize them forward. And this has caused serious commotion, argument, and contention. And the most recent one, the most recent one, the most recent one. <laughs> I told you, I see your message. <laughs> yes, we belong to the same denomination, so I know, I know she can relate. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> 
Glory be to God. Now the most recent one happening now, 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 now. It's like whether church should be done online or offline. Ah, these online people, they're not serving God. They don't know what they're talking about. No, we must meet physically. We must meet physically. Creating division in the body of Christ. The thing about these ordinances, to tell that they are all man-made, is that most of them change with time. I told you about clapping in our church. We didn't believe in instruments. Now that church believes in instruments. The one I say is only violin, only classical. That church now, they now have musical instruments. Why, after a process of time, light enters. Listen to this. Men's doctrine are temporal, but God's commandment is eternal. Every doctrine only lasts for some years. It will change with time. That proves to you that those things we are concocted by men are not God. Don't forget the scripture I read for you. Paul said in that place in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, hey, in the church today, we do not have any culture. No ordinance. That's what I'm talking about. It's not our culture. No ordinance. That this partition wall has been broken down. So, if somebody says this is how they want to worship, let them be. Don't segregate. Don't ostracize them. Love them. Why? We are members of one body. It is Satan that is using all these subtle means to weaken the church. Why? The church's strength is in unity. Is in unity. Now, I'm going to read one scripture. <laughs> that summarizes this whole teaching and is in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. Church without walls, awesome to you. Exactly, that's what it is. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. Please, if you have a Bible, turn to it. I want you to see this scripture with your eyes. It settles every controversy. Paul telling us exactly what Christ did on the cross. See, there are five things Christ did on the cross. Number one, he dealt with sin. And by sin, I mean the old man. By sin, I mean the sin nature. The nature of sin. Number two, he dealt with sins on the cross. That is why today, if as you walk in your Christian life, you fall into one sin or the other, you come, just like the Bible says in 1 John 1 verse 9, and ask for forgiveness. And the Bible says that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God handled our sins past, sins present, sins future. The third thing Jesus handled on the cross is Satan. Oh, he dealt with Satan. He made a public spectacle of him triumphing over <laughs> them in it. The fourth thing Jesus handled on the cross is the world, the world system. Now, you need to go back and listen to the beginning of this chapter 2 on our podcast. I've handled all of that. He handled the world system. The fifth thing Jesus handled on the cross is ordinances. All these ordinances that we are talking about, that is creating confusion, causing segregation amongst brethren. 
verse 14, Colossians chapter 2 says, Blotting out the handwriting of what? Ordinances, dogma, traditions, doctrine of men, tying of scarf, makeup, jewelry, don't wear trousers, don't clap, don't sing, don't play instrument, don't watch TV. If you watch TV, it's devil's box. Don't go online. Is there even 5G? All those, all those things are called ordinances. What did Christ do? He said he blotted them out. Every ordinance that was against us, he handled all of them. He said, which were contrary to us. He took it out of the way. He broke that partition wall, nailing it to the cross. So anytime we come today to say, oh, you must wear this. Oh, you must do this. Oh, you must not do this. Oh, you must not do that. Do you know what we're doing? We are taking the ordinance that was nailed on the cross and we are carrying it over beyond the cross. Everybody say, God forbid. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. No ordinance should make his way beyond the cross. It ends at the cross. That's what Paul said in, in the church today, we do not have such culture. Come as you are. Come as you are. The culture of the new covenant church is modesty. Come as you are. I'm not even going to start uh, laying them at the door when they come as they, as they are. Let the Holy Spirit do a work in their lives that will cause a change and transformation. I am way, way beyond my time. I need to stop. So join me next Tuesday. We'll look at the new man because there's something God did. You know, when we go back to uh, that scripture, verse 15 of uh, Ephesians chapter 2. It said, the law of the commandments contained in the ordinance is so as to create in himself a new man from the two. Oh, I'm going to talk to you about the new man next Tuesday. It's awesome. What did God create from the two? That is from the Jews and from the Gentiles. He created in himself a new man. So join me next Tuesday. We're going to look at that next Tuesday. It's going to be an awesome, awesome teaching next Tuesday. I think there was a question I saw. I'll just handle that question so we can pray. All right, Chichi asked, so... We have people who claimed to have died and come back with people come back with people with extension hair and wigs. Okay, they've come back to say yeah that there are people with extension hair and wig wigs that are in hell. So I presume what they're saying is that that okay, also some say the Holy Spirit told them not to wear all that and then try to impose other people. Okay, yeah. I said that there's some people wearing extension hair and wigs in hell. That is those extension hair and wigs that send them to hell. Hell. <laughs> oh Lord, see yeah. That's why that's why all these ordinances are called doctrines of men. You know, in this Ephesians, I'm gonna get there where the Bible says, do not be carried away in Ephesians chapter 4. So do not be carried away with every wind of doctrine, those doctrines of men. We are warned not to be carried away with it. That there's some people wearing extension wigs and, and 
high extensions and wigs in hell and therefore they are in hell because they are wearing extension wigs and hell there is no biblical biblical foundation for that so those are men's doctrine number two people in hell and heaven are spirits they don't have bodies like we have they don't have hair like we have so how did they know their spirits your body the person that they saw in hell when he was buried died with extension hair and wig here on earth the hair did not translate into the spirits so that alone should have given <laughs> those are reason should have given them the understanding that what they are saying is wrong it is totally wrong it is unfounded and it cannot be proven by scriptures and once cannot be proven by scriptures don't take it it is the doctrine of man so that is wrong your hair cannot take it down or your or not or not whatever you wear on your hair or not wear cannot take it to hell god does not look at external countenance god looks at the heart it is not what you have on your body that determines if you go to hell or heaven it is your heart it is your heart it is salvation it is believing jesus christ and accepting him as a lord and personal savior it has not to do with anything physical. It is your heart. The condition of your heart that determines where you will spend life eternal. And that's what some, some said the Holy Spirit told them not to wear. And that is my point. If the Holy Spirit deals with you on what to wear and what not to wear, please obey the Holy Spirit. That is your own personal instruction. Your own personal revelation. Like you pointed out, when they now try to impose it on some other people, that is where they are now creating an ordinance. They are now creating man's doctrine. Don't do that. Let that person also hear from the Holy Spirit. Let that person be convicted by the Holy Spirit to or not where don't carry your own personal revelation or instruction on to another person when you do you are creating an ordinance when you do you're not the modern day pharisee standing at the door you're not in no but you're trying to stop others from getting hallelujah amen